I'm James Day, and this is Focus on Focus, a podcast covering all subjects of ultrasound. You can find our archive shows at focus.org, or you can search Focus on Focus on Spotify Podcasts. Today's guest, David Zach, is a sonographer who is involved in researching innovative sonolucent implants. Dave is the Senior Clinical Specialist at Longevity Neural Solutions with responsibilities in business development and transcranioplasty ultrasound imaging. Prior to this, he worked in point-of-care ultrasound at General Electric in process improvement and quality consulting in hospitals, and he has a long tenure with various roles in a hospital ultrasound departments. Thanks for being here today, David, and I wonder uh, how things are going for you. Hey, good morning, James. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Things are great. Um, I'm in this sort of unique role with with a company that uh, has absolutely nothing that I ever thought I'd ever be doing related to ultrasound, <laughs> which is uh, scanning scanning the brain. So um, things are great. Thanks. Yeah, it's uh, really innovative stuff you guys are doing. That's that's pretty awesome and you're right it's not the standard fare on this sonography career path that you and i are both on so um i wonder if i might start with asking you how these sonolucent cranial implants came to be like i don't know who who invented it and such Uh, so cranial implants are an alternative to to bone and so whenever there's a bony deformity from some sort of surgery right they're they're using either native bone or some sort of uh, synthetic manufactured device. And our founder and CEO, Jesse Christopher, he worked in this space with neurosurgery and recognized just mm-hmm. the need for innovation. You know, there were lots of complex diagnostic testing and you know these really cumbersome procedures that we were subjecting patients to which just begged for innovation so jesse uh had this idea that the the skull thickness had a space in there that could be captured for other things sensors stimulators etc so he started the company with that notion of putting technology and embedding it into the implant. So fantastic, clean, simple solution for solving a lot of neurosurgery, diagnostic and and, and treatment therapies. And then along the way, they accidentally discovered that the implant is is sonolucent. Hmm. So it's optically clear and sonolucent just in the material properties, how we manufacture it, and then how we we polish it. So really exciting. Accidental finding. You never know what's going to come out of it, but they quickly realized the value of this, pivoted, and now that is one of the sort of compelling value propositions for our neurosurgeons and for our patients. That is awesome. You know, there's so many innovative things over the history of inventions. I'm not certain, but if memory serves, I think rubber was discovered that way. Something <laughs> fell off of a, a, a sternal burner and they saw it bubbling and they were like, wow, we could use this in uh, 
I don't know, make tires and make rubber bands and whatever with. So that's fascinating that it was an accident and sort of a, a happy accident that that happened. And what's neat about what you guys are doing is sort of you, you sort of looks like you combine the the reconstruction of craniums and also the functionality of the ultrasound so you can follow patients. That's what's really cool. Yeah, the the, the, the skull is a it's a sandbox. Right. So never before, other than in neonates, never before we've been able to image the, the brain by ultrasound. So this is mm-hmm. a unique sort of bedside cap- diagnostic capability that, that, you know, is now being offered to the, the, the surgical teams and for the clinical follow up. So it's exciting. So I imagine they can now with the transducer, uh, I don't know, look at tissue, maybe throw the Doppler on there and look at blood flows and things of that nature, vascular flows. Yeah. So our indication is for post-operative imaging. So we are not telling people and have an indication for what they can use it for. Mm-hmm. Our neurosurgeons are coming to us saying, all right, we recognize this capability. Here's what we want to use it for. And they are, or they're asking us to work with them to develop the capabilities for anything from post-operative imaging for complications or bleeding from the surgery, um, wow. following up on a lot of uh, pathologies like hydrocephalus and ETV monitoring, um, intracranial hemorrhage, wow. ECIC bypasses, um, post-operative brain tumor surveillance. So a lot of these areas where an ultrasound can give them a quick look, can give them that diagnostic information to help them make a clinical decision in their patient care. So truly the, the, the epitome of point of care. Right. Giving diagnosticians and physicians a tool at the time of care. Absolutely. That's totally the mantra, definitely. So maybe you could tell us more about longevity in, in their mission. Yeah, so uh, I mentioned earlier, longevity started with this idea of, you know, neurological conditions are on the rise. One in five adults over the age of 65 will suffer from a neurological disorder. And so our founder had this idea that, you know, innovation in this space is, is, is critical and, and, and missing for, for this patient population. So, you know, the patients with neurological conditions who require brain surgery, I mean, they're undergoing multiple procedures. They face long recoveries. They have cranial contour abnormalities, and they've got a lifetime of, you know, radiation from CT hmm. or MRI from all this imaging. So, right. you know, um, the, the idea of... It's another plus. Yeah, the, the idea of having a cavity there that we can take a lot of the, the clumsy and cumbersome sensors and stimulators, embed them inside, um, make these patients feel normal again by having, you know, normally contoured skulls. And, you know, essentially this is a game changer. The, the patient perspective here is phenomenal. They get to resume a close to normal life just from what is functional, but also aesthetic. That's amazing, man. You guys, that uh, it's so innovative. That's I just love it. It's point of care and it's innovation. It's disruptive. All of it. Uh, I just see like somebody maybe sitting somewhere and they're sending you guys, you guys probably send in somebody with 3D printing using, you know, I guess your resin or your in, implants and just, you know, making it exactly like the patient's skull at that moment. That's kind of 
I just see that that's happening everywhere, which is really cool that you guys have got onto this. Yeah, we have um, several different options. We have standard size products mm-hmm. that are off the shelf. So the the hospitals that are using us have these just mm-hmm. readily available. So the surgeon has access to diff- different sizes and shapes for their needs. And we can go uh, as, as sophisticated as a really unique customizable implant. So we can literally take a CT and mirror the intact portion of the brain and, and create the contralateral side with the mm-hmm. same size and shape. So it's um, it, it's a full complement of, of products that we can offer the patient. So that's amazing. So if you get somebody like me with a big fat head, I can get a custom implant. So that, that's, <laughs> I'd like to see that. That's pretty cool. So now you're probably training, you know, your clinical teams to perform these uh, transcranial ultrasounds. How's that going? So that's really where the company recognized the need uh, for a sonographer. Mm. Right. They started off with this th- this sort of engineering capability mm-hmm. and they they brought in consultants to help them with their ultrasound needs. And then it came to the point of needing somebody in-house. And that's when they hired me. And I set up all sorts of, of training protocols and resources to help our clinical partners, right? And and recognizing that it's the surgeon or someone on his team it might be a mid-level. Um, it could be the hospital intensivist who's taking care of these patients in the ICU. It could be the ultrasound department in a hospital. So there are lots of options for imaging. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, the training that we offer is essentially we're going to help set up our customers for success. So we, we talk through their options of what they see the workflow looking like, right? Do they want to pull out their, their, their pocket sound um, and, and do a bedside by, you know, um, on, on their own time, you know, whenever they need to, or do they want to order it and have radiology come and do it? So we come in, we work with them, figure out what the optimal workflow looks like. Um, we kind of give them the training for that scanning. In addition, recognizing that these clinical teams are subject matter mm-hmm. experts and they look at CTs and MRs all day long. And they, they are just, they're not familiar with the ultrasound. So most of the training is is fairly straightforward. It's just, you know, it's, it's pattern recognition in understanding the ultrasound and then translating their knowledge from, you know, the, this, what they know from CTs and MRs. And to that effect, we're even building a simulator for training so that we can fuse CT and uh, ultrasound images at, with a, a probe simulation that they can run in their computer. So they can basically self-teach at, uh, at their own time and, you know, uh, as much as they want to. So we are here to provide them whatever resources they need to make sure they're successful. Man, that's really a super post-operative value for our surgeons. Yeah, and to, just to add, so we're, we're talking, you know, mostly in the post-operative kind of ICU mm-hmm. setting, but these patients also have a lifetime need for, for imaging as well. So these patients go to routine three, six, 12-month exams and then annually mm-hmm. thereafter. And the clinicians can now do the ultrasound in their office. So they have the ability to just, you know, pull out 
whether it's a handheld or you know a little bit more advanced right. care system. But they no longer need to send their patients out for imaging. They can take care of the the full care in the office. That's amazing. What a great combination. The point of care, the translucent implant. Um, I saw you guys did shunts and things like that. You do other different products, not just uh, sonolucent things, which is really interesting. And I guess you're evaluating vasculature, you know, the Doppler and the, the blood flow and keeping up with, I guess, fluid collection, those sort of pathologies. Yeah. Anything that's obvious to find by ultrasound. Yeah. The bypass is one of the more exciting ones. Mm -hmm. It's patients that have some sort of a distal ICA occlusion or moya moya mm -hmm. disease, and they, you know, they, they, they've got com compromised blood flow. And so the the ECIC bypass, the this one of the distal branches of the ECA is a superficial temporal artery. They take the parietal portion of that. They do a craniectomy um, just above and an anterior to, to the ear. And then they do an antecide anastomosis with the STA to the MCA. And so they've now created a bypass. And then they put the implant down and we can help them now follow that STA with ultrasound right up to the MCA and then even evaluate the rest of the, uh, the intracranial vessels. So that's the, the direct procedure. The indirect procedure, they, they lay the superficial temporal artery down uh, on top of the, the brain and then just let normal time and angiogenesis uh, form connections into the intracranial vessels. Wow. So... You can follow all that by ultrasound uh -huh. and, you know, it, it's, it's fun. We, we've had, I'm, I, I did a lot of vascular work for many years and we've got some surgeons who will disagree with needing to image under the implant, right? If you can see the inflow artery, you can see the STA before the implant and mm -hmm. it has normal blood flow. It suggests that everything distal to that is normal. Well, a couple of months ago, one of our surgeons Dopplered the STA and saw a narrowing by ultrasound just right the one centimeter before the anastomosis. Mm. So the blood flow looked normal. The ultrasound found the, the narrowing that was significant and something that we'll need follow-up. And this was validated with the angio. So the ultrasound proved its value in finding the potential problem and the the sort of necessity for regular and routine surveillance or monitoring to help the clinicians decide, you know, when to intervene and and um, and and give them information on uh, on what that next step of meta of sort of either revascularizing or bypassing to to fix that that pathology. Wow. What a great diagnostic tool. And I'm wondering from the patient perspective, and also, I mean, how many of these cases, I don't know, are a year in the United States? Is it a lot? So good question. We uh, have had FDA approval for this for a year and a half. Mm -hmm. So in that time, we've got about a thousand patients in the country walking wow. around. And the you know, from the time that we got approval to getting the sales team developed and, and, and getting the products out into the marketplace, it's uh, significant marketing awareness that that's required. And that momentum is building quickly. So we, we've been growing very, very quickly 
uh, and it's been snowballing. So um, it's fun. It's super busy. Um, you mentioned about, you know, the, the patient perspective. You know, they will get some sort of bone repair in the, in the cranioplasty, either with a synthetic, a, a bone, or their, their native bone, or with one of our products. Mm-hmm. When it's all done, they don't know the difference. The patient just knows that that they have, you know, the, this, you know, window into the brain that's there forever. And other than that, everything feels normal, except for when they go to the doctor's office. When they go back for visits, they can now get the ultrasound at the office. When they're in post-op state, they can get a bedside ultrasound instead of having to travel to radiology. So, from a, a a patient care, it certainly simplifies and, and makes it a little bit safer that way. And then, you know, from the physician, it gives them immediate information. So it I'll go back to that, uh, reiterating that statement. It really is a, a beneficial point of care tool. Great. It's excellent. I'm impressed. And David, it, it was really great having you today on our podcast, Focus on Pocus. It's a privilege. And we thank you and Longevity for all you guys' innovation and efforts to increase patient safety. Thanks very much. My pleasure. I, I love I love speaking about this and, and I love uh, talking in the community about point of care ultrasound. And I appreciate the opportunity to come on and, and discuss this. Awesome, man. And listen to everybody out there. Don't forget for more POCUS style topics, you can follow us on Facebook at POCUS Cert Academy and Twitter at POCUS Academy. Thanks so much, David. All right. Thank you.